big beat manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. Listen, love, just a little tip, all right? You're on the edge now, and you need to pick the right way. Because one way's heaven, and the other... Well, probably best not to think about that right now, but it's fucking horrible, yeah? Hey, everyone, this is the El Dude Brothers podcast, episode 18, Sistering. My name is Sean, and I'm Hawksmore. And my name's Laura, and I'm Ren. How are you doing today, Laura? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Just this goddamn hurricane is giving me fits here. It's not even impacting me, but it's impacting my jobs. So it's... Uh... Uh, of course, yeah, you work in insurance, don't you? So, uh, yeah, I can see that it's going to be a tough week at your work. Yeah, Texas is only the <laughs> second biggest state that we insure in terms of population. Everyone's flooded out. That's the situation, is it? Yeah, Houston, which is one of our big areas that we insure, is going to have about six feet of water in it so God. Yeah. Oh, well yeah you're going to be putting in a lot of overtime then i'm hoping that it won't be as bad because the storm hit and then it kind of dissipated so right yeah i'm hoping that it won't be that bad but in my heart of hearts i think it's going to be bad so uh, oh well soon be over yeah how's Hopefully. your how's your weather over there in yeah, it suddenly got really, really hot again. It, um, we've had, of course it has, because it's the last week of the summer holiday, so it's going to be hot now for the next month, and we're all going to be sweltering in our classrooms, but it's been like four weeks of just rain and misery, and now suddenly we're having a massive heat wave, but it's a bank holiday weekend here, so it's quite unusual to have a sunny one, so that's good. Yeah, it seems like you you have gone from heat to rain to heat in the, mm. in the mere, like, six seven weeks we've been recording together yeah it's been it's been a really weird summer but we'll we'll make hay while the sun shines it's nice at the moment so actually god damn it it's been almost two months two and a half months that we've been recording yeah so, yeah, yeah it's been yeah Jesus. we've had all the weathers here yeah what a fucking <laughs> but whirlwind. we had the we had the heating on last week and now it's like 28 degrees in my daughter's bedroom so it's been a weird one i keep trying to convince my wife to open the windows in our apartment because it's been a relatively you know kind of nice 70s but mm. i can't quite it, it, the, the problem is is that every time i have her open the window it pops up into the like high 80s are you high up do the cats get out if your windows are open oh we have screen we have screens in our windows so the cats don't oh, get okay out. okay except our medium-haired cat uh gosh i'm trying to think i guess it was about two years ago he started pushing on one of the screens and he actually was able to get out. And my wife and I were at a comic book convention that day. Right. And also my phone rings and it's our apartment complex. And they're like, Hey, your neighbor called and just let us know that your cat jumped out of your window. And we're like fucking stupid cat. And so we gave the apartment permission to open our doors so that our neighbor who had kindly rounded up our cat could just put our cat back into our apartment right yeah are they inside cats was he what did he not understand what to do once he was out there well our long-haired cat was actually a stray cat that i found so he does have some modicum of sur outdoor survival skills uh. um our other cat mocket that's our white-haired cat that has been on the podcast a couple times <laughs> he fancies himself a outdoor cat and for a while we rented a house we had rented a house and 
in our neighborhood, there was quite a few kind of feral, feral and outdoor cats. And so when we lived in the house, he was an outdoor cat. But once we moved into the apartment, not an outdoor cat anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. It must be really hard. I've never had an indoor cat. And it must be really hard keeping him in. Mogget is really good. Like when we let him on our porch, he will not jump off the porch. Right. Yeah. Um, Bobby, our long haired cat will. So. Yeah. The, um, all my experience with cats has just been, oh no, actually we had a female cat who she didn't care. She would have happily not gone outside, but all the boy cats we've had just are clamoring to go outside all the time. So. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, if we let him out on our porch unsupervised, he will jump off the porch. Do a runner, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's been our cat's... That's a challenge yeah. when it's so hot. Yeah. yeah. Enough cat chat. Yeah, enough cat chat. <laughs> um, yeah, so, sistering. This is a weird kind of episode, I think, in the middle of a string of very good episodes. Yeah, I wrote at the top of my notes that I was as, as I started to watch it today, um, I'm going into this thinking this is the weakest of the series. We'll see. And I don't think that my opinion changed watching it again. Nope. I, I, my final recap basically just says kind of an eh episode. Yeah, it's not unfunny. It's got some really funny lines, but we'll talk about this more at the end, obviously. But I just don't feel like it's got loads of storyline. I'm just a bit like, all oh, right. Yeah, very basic storyline and just mm. kind of a eh, like I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. The episode opens up with Mark, and he is on vacation this week, and he is playing Blitzkrieg, which is a 2003 World War II real-time strategy game. I'm glad that you identified it. I didn't even know that was a real game. I thought that was just like a pretend game for the show, so I'm glad it's a real game. Uh, apparently it was quite popular when it was released, and yeah, I've never played it because I suck at real-time strategy games. I don't have... The... It looks like... I don't know if it's just because now, obviously, we're like 15 years on, but the graphics look really basic i thought it looked like i don't know if you had that over there but on encarta there was a game that it was like a quiz game and you went through a maze and i thought it looked like the game on encarta so it looked really old-fashioned to me believe it or not that game actually had pretty advanced graphics for the time period that it came out wow things have moved on mark says that he's been playing blitzkrieg for like five hours and he's kind of upset about wasting that much time of his vacation because he wanted to grit through the roman republic start the GI diet and learn the clarinet, but he's got to win the war for the Nazis. Yeah, I completely identify with this. Like, we're on summer holiday at the moment, and every holiday I go in thinking I'm going to read, like, ten books and do all this, and I end up doing something really stupid, like... Podcasting? Like, watching... Yeah, yeah, like, watching the whole of the leftovers, podcasting with an American. I just find, like, things to do that are not me buckling down and, like, you know intellectually doing something i should be doing so i completely identified with this scene <laughs> yeah i i can identify with the scene as well because there has been more than one time in my life i'm a pretty big uh, i guess i shouldn't say pretty big i used to be kind of a huge gamer and mm. yeah there's been times where i'm like okay i'm just gonna play for a little while and i start playing and then Five hours later, I'm like, oh my god, my wife is going to be home. I haven't done the dishes. I haven't fed the cat. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a way of procrastinating. But Mark has, has found, he's wasted his holiday this way. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy just kind of pops into his room and um, you hear him, you hear Jeremy saying goodbye and to somebody on the phone. Then he kind of pops into Mark's room and he's like, hey, Mark, your sister's going to be here in an hour. And um, yeah. Mark's like my sister. Mark's confused by this, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's really there's like I think we've talked about this before, but there's so much of Peep Show is quite 
could be happening at any time. Like you, you don't, it's, it's, it's time period is quite unclear, but some of the technology is, is a bit clunky. And this made me think, oh yeah, this was a long time ago because this just wouldn't happen now. Yeah, exactly. Mark would have gotten a text message from Sarah or something like that. It wouldn't have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah. They, they would have had the answer phone maybe like, there would have been no need for Jeremy to write with a burnt match sismisk on a takeaway menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like how Marcus is like, oh, that's what sismisk meant. <laughs> yeah, it did make me laugh though because there was never a pen, was there, when you had to take a message? That was always the the thing. You'd be running around looking for a pen. Oh, even still working in my insurance job when I'm giving people their claim numbers, I'm like, okay, are you ready? And I'm like, <laughs> like, fuck, I don't have anything to write down with. Hold on a second. And you'll hear him like, yeah. you'll hear him pulling out like eight drawers and you'll hear him like, like looking under the fucking yeah. forks and stuff like that so the problem we have in this house is because we're both teachers all our pens are red so whenever <laughs> you go to look for a pen to do to write something normal like a card to someone or something all the pens are red so that's the problem we've got we've got lots of pens but they're the wrong color jeremy just kind of casually mentions that sarah's broken up with her husband and she's coming to stay with mark and jeremy and mark is like what they broke up she broke up with simon yeah, I mean, like, he's understandably shocked because even if he had read the message and understood it, it doesn't say she split up with her husband there, does it? Nope, it does not. It just says sismisk. Sismisk, yeah. And Mark is upset they split up, but seemingly most upset because he's never going to get his iPod speakers back. <laughs> yeah. And then he's he, you know, he says, oh, that's probably not the thing to be worried about, but the base response was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and then that made me think as well, like, this age is that because who's got specific iPod speakers anymore. But I had these shitty little speakers that had a like the little bit for their old iPod oh, in that you yeah. could only dock an iPod on. And it was crap. It never really worked. It was tinny. But again, that sort of aged this scene. It was like, oh yeah, this was a long time ago. Do we ever see Mark with an iPod? No, never, I don't think, actually. Why does he care about his iPod speakers, then? Yeah, that's a good point. No, I can't I can't think off the, top, off the top of my head. The only time we ever see him with music is when he's got the sex mix, which is on the CD, so good point. And also, just having a dedicated MP3 player as well, I feel like, kind of ages this as well. Yeah, that's like, at, at this point, I don't know if it's the same there, but the only people doing that are older people so my mom's got an iphone now but she's still got a specific ipod because she doesn't want to mix the two whereas like no normal person who wasn't 60 would do that <laughs> my mom has a bose ipod dock and it oh yeah yeah it's very nice so yeah 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 so in the next scene they are at a pub called the dolphin i did a little research on this pub to see if it was still around do you think this pub is still around um yes okay it is still around. However, it has had like four names since the Dolphin. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's changed hands several times then. Yeah, yeah. It is now called the Green W7. Right. And the inside, looking just looking at the pictures on their website, the inside has just been completely overhauled. I'm guessing if they're calling it that, I'm guessing W7 is the postcode and that's going to be pretty fancy around there. So I'm thinking it's got the potential to be quite an expensive place to eat in that case if it's gone fancy. Yeah, the the menu looked pretty pretty good. It also has been completely overhauled, but in one thing that I thought was kind of cool was on their website, it actually does have like a little one 
sentence that says, this pub was the dolphin in Peep Show episode The Sistering. <laughs> oh, that's nice. It's nice as a little nod to the fans there. I know, I know. Don't don't destroy the history. It was like the, uh, yeah. it was like the swan and the pedo probably doesn't mention, you know, this is the <laughs> swan and pedo. No, no, you're right. Um, this is the first time we ever see Sarah. She's been mentioned before, but this is the first time we ever see her. Yes. Um, what were your first impressions of Sarah? Sarah is a great character. This episode, I don't really think does much for Sarah's character, but her later appearances in the show, because she does appear like probably three or four times throughout the series, are all really great. I, She's very funny. She really reminds me of... <sighs> Hold on. I don't want this to sound bad because my sister is an attorney and Sarah is an attorney. <laughs> My sister and Sarah have some very similar uh, personality traits. Um, Maybe they're what you need to be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, my sister has a much better personality than Sarah does, but Sarah's, like, attention to detail right, yeah. is 100%. Yeah, that is 100% my sister. I imagine that that is probably high up on the list of things you need to be a lawyer. So I can see, I can see that. I can see that that would be something you'd recognize in someone that you knew that was a lawyer. Um. I agree with you. I think she's a great character, and like not so much in this episode, but as she returned, like when in the Christmas episode when she returned, she's very funny in that, and she gives uh, Mark a good sort of. She's a good foil to Mark. It's great to see more of his personality and sort of see why he is the mess he is. I think. Yes. Later on in the series, Mark actually needs legal representation in one episode, and she is a fantastic legal representation for him in that episode. Yeah, she's proper on it, isn't she? Yeah. Um, I've said in my notes that I know this is really English to be so concerned with class all the time, but in rewatching Peep Show now, it's really, and like examining it more, it's made me feel really common. Like everyone in it seems to be much posher than I am. And my initial thoughts on seeing Sarah here was, my God, she's posh. (laughs) (laughs) They exist in a different class sphere to me. I guess, I guess I don't really feel that way, but it's weird because I do feel that way about my sister, that she is in a different social class from I am. I mean, I don't know if my sister listens to this or not. I love you, (laughs) but definitely, I mean, it's one of those things where sometimes I'm acutely aware of how much money I don't make. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you're you're talking to a teacher, so I can very much identify that. That's, uh, That's true. But I don't know if the actress is really this posh or if they said... Player really posh, but Sarah just comes across as being really posh in this episode. In a way that Mark doesn't, actually. See, it's funny that you say that, because I really don't think... Because when I think of a posh character, I think of Big Sue's. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't think Sarah and Big Sue's have any personality traits at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, she's got... Sarah's got a very nice accent, but not not in the not in the realms of Big Sue's, who's just, like, talks like the Queen. So, but I don't know. Just something about her whole demeanour in this scene made me think, oh, my God, she's really posh. But I also wrote under that she's also a twat. So that's... uh, (laughs) That kind of sums Sarah up in this episode, I think. Uh, Mark is coming back to the table with a round of drinks, and Sarah's just like, all this shit with Simon has just really been making me want to chomp at the bit to have a conversation with you, Mark, about all the stuff that we've always wanted to talk about. And, of course... Mark, we know, not a no, talker. No, not a talker at all. Nope. Uh, and doesn't doesn't want to have this conversation, clearly. And it's just, they're having two separate conversations, aren't they, at this point? Yep, Mark is talking about the jumbo cashews. <laughs> and Sarah is talking about the shit that went on at Grange Terrace before they moved. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny when you actually, I was looking in the script, but when you look at the lines, because they are two halves of two completely separate conversations. He's not acknowledging what she's saying and she's not acknowledging what he's saying at all. It makes me very, I'm very interested now about what 
the shit was that went on at Grange Terrace. Yeah, I, I've written, what do you reckon the shit was? Uh, Mum's affair, obviously. We know about that. That's been brought up uh, or comes up later on. But what else went down? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was when the vicar... Uh, uh, Jesus Christ, what does he say later? The vicar... <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that's maybe that's what the shit was she also then i don't want to spoil the one of the deleted scenes but she also says something about the dad that surprised me considering the dad we then see in uh christmas seasonal beatings but we'll talk about that more when we get to that bit i'm gonna admit this right now on the podcast and i'm uh, this makes me feel terrible i fucking completely forgot to watch the deleted scenes uh i, I did watch them all so i'll 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 uh, limp you through it they're not they're not they're okay. just extensions really. there's one that's a complete like different scene but they're just extensions really of the scenes that we see so you're fine okay you've had, okay. You've had a tough week okay. well okay. that's good <laughs> <laughs> uh mark mark thinks to himself you know why do people who always want to talk about things always win why can't people who don't want to talk about things win the answer is very simple. It's because the people who don't want to talk about things don't speak up about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Jeremy kind of seizes his moment here, and he's just like, yeah, well, I like to talk about my emotions. I'm a very emotional guy <laughs> yeah. because I'm a musician. Uh, and I, I wrote here that I'm a talker. Um, completely, I'm with Jez, but that my husband just totally isn't. He's not a musician, so maybe that's why. What are you? Are you a talker or are you a not talker? I'll give you one guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe it does fall into gender categories. Then maybe oh no no, there's something in that. No no, I'm the talker of the. Two oh, you of are us. the talker. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, yes. that's that does make sense because your wife sounds like my husband. So yeah, but yeah, yeah no, Phil would happily not talk about anything. Like he has got no like his whole family are like it. There's no desire to examine anything, and my family are just like perpetually <laughs> talking about everything to the point that it drives him mad. You know, like when we're dri when we're driving together. 30 seconds of silence just is like a dagger through my heart. Yeah, me too. You know, and so I'm always trying to like keep conversation going in the car and I'm, you know, oh, yada, 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 yada. And my wife will just, you know, yes. Yeah, like I'm even about trivial things. So like we were watching, what were we watching the other night that was, I don't know, it must have been like location, 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 some sort of property program. And they were talking about Victorian terrace houses. And my husband was like, oh, my first house I grew up in was a Victorian terrace house. And I was like, oh, I, I, I've never lived in a period house. Like, blah, blah, blah. And started, like, talking. And then I was talking about all these houses I'd known and how I'd read a book by Bill Bryson about the home. And it was really interesting because it was talking about the different social setups that made houses. And I, I was, I thought I was being quite interesting. And he just said, you've been talking straight for 10 minutes about houses and I don't care. Like, <laughs> be quiet. So that sums up our relationship completely. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Nicole and I have had very similar conversations to that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad you're the talker. That makes sense. <laughs> if I wasn't a talker, I wouldn't do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to be the talker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, as you say, Jez sees this as his chance to to schmooze in with Sarah and starts talking about how he's in touch with his feelings, and then of course does the classic thing of ridiculing Mark to get her on side. Yeah, and I'm just gonna go ahead and play this scene, the rest of the scene here, because it is this whole part is so fucking funny. I think it's different when you're a musician. You're a musician. Yeah, I'm a musician. I really think that music really opens you up emotionally. A lot of musicians like me feel that way. I think that's great. Oh my God, he's doing it. His routine. He's doing his routine on my sister. Yeah. 
<laughs> Mark's not too musical. He bought a clarinet, but he uses it to hit a cymbal. <laughs> She's laughing. She's laughing at his jokes. Yeah, it's great, Jeremy, getting everything out in the open, isn't it? Have you told Sarah how you're married and you've got chlamydia and you're still in love with Big Sue's? It was a visa marriage, it's symptomless, and it's a platonic love, as you might have for a dog or a sandwich. Be back in two ticks. I see you. I know what you're doing. What? You're going to try and sleep with her, aren't you? I can see it in your eyes. Look, Mark, she's your sister. I know that, yeah? Promise me you will not try to sleep with her. I promise I will try not to sleep with her. Sir, you slept with her. You promised. I promised to try not to. Yeah, well, you didn't try very hard, did you? Mark, I tried incredibly hard. I love this where Mark is just like, you slept with her, didn't you? And Jeremy's just like, hey, I said I'd try. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really well done, the cut between the scenes when he's like, well... I said I'd try, not that I wouldn't. The cut between the scenes really fucking cracks me up, where it's like, you have to promise not to sleep with her. You slept with her, didn't you? <laughs> Do you think it's gross that Joe's hits on and then sleeps with Mark's sister? Is this outside the bro code? Um, well... Uh, <laughs> you're asking the wrong person, because I actually did do this right okay was was it received well or well let me put it this way my i never told my friend about it right. uh, because i didn't know how he would he would act as far as i know he doesn't know although his his sister might have mentioned it to him i don't know why but i i assumed that in the last 11 years jesus 20 years that he's probably found out about right. this somehow. and See, I do think it's gross in uh, this context, but then when I think about it, because my sister's always been an object of lustings for my male friends, and I don't really care. Like as far, I don't think she's actually slept with any of them because they were all nerds. But I don't... Whenever, like, my friend Dave... Like, I know my sister listens, so this will make her laugh. But, like, my friend Dave, he's openly spent the last 15 years saying, your sister's lovely. I'd love to have a crack at your sister. And I've always just been like, oh, Davey Perv, rather than being really upset about it. So <laughs> maybe it's the context because she's married and Mark wants her to get back with Simon. But I don't think it's the worst thing Jeremy's ever done. Maybe it's also because you guys are both sisters that... Yeah, that, that might be true. Yeah. I think it's different. I think it's different when you have a... When you're opposite gender, because I know... In the military, especially in basic training, there was uh, a few people who would make some lewd comments about my sister wanting to have a crack at her. And I'm just like, no, that's my sister. You don't talk about my sister that way. So I can really identify with Mark in this okay. scene, yeah. or in this in the entire episode. So Maybe it is about the, the different gendered sibling. I'm, I'm prepared to take that as an answer. So, okay. As this scene progresses, Sarah just like walks into the kitchen and she tells Jeremy that she managed to score him a clerking job and tells him to come around at about 10, 10 a.m. And then they just kiss right in front of Mark. Yeah, that's a bit insensitive. I, I feel that's a big fuck you. Yeah, yeah, that's just, just trying to wind Mark up, I think, at this point. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy then tells Mark, you know, oh, f finding a job's easy. It doesn't involve hours and hours making sure every single word on your CV is spelled right. Yeah, Mark's really, really angry about this because... 
So that's his whole life. Like he's spent his whole life believing in the power of the CV and of doing things right. And just playing by yeah, the rules. Yeah, and he, yeah, it's always sad for Mark when seemingly playing by the rules doesn't pay off. No. Uh, Mark actually has a really funny line here that made me think of something you said to me earlier this week where he just says, Nothing means anything to you, does it? Friendship, loyalty, they're just fusty old words like sixpence and codpiece to you, aren't they? Yeah, this is a very funny line. What did it make you think of that I'd said? Uh, when you were asking me about how we don't say Fortnite. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I could have believed that. That really shocked me that there's no, you don't have a word for two weeks. Like, what? No, we have That's... a word for two weeks. It's two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, yeah. That, um... Yeah, that really surprised me. And yeah, that that's, is funny in that context. Uh, it does make me laugh that, that they're the two words that Mark chooses as well, because six months I can kind of see, but copies, that's been pulled from a very odd part <laughs> of his brain. <laughs> that always makes me think of um, in Hampton Court Palace, where Henry VIII lived, there's loads of like suits of armour, and the copies are always really ornate. So that's what it always makes me think of, is these ornate <laughs> copies. What is a uh, sixpence, by the way? Oh, I say it was an old coin before decimalization. So before we got like money that made sense, uh, about 40, I want to say 44 years ago now, they changed the money. But before that, they were like sixpences were six old pence. There were farthings. There were some other ones. I don't know, but this is an old coin. There's a big push in America to get rid of the penny. Yeah, that's been talked about here. It's... um. I can see why you would. It's not really worth anything, and it's a bit embarrassing if you have to pay for anything in pennies. So I can see that. I can see why you wouldn't like. I would never. I'd get rid of it at a self-service checkout, but I would never give coppers like pennies and two p's to anyone because it's just. Well, we call it shrapnel. It is just junk that makes your purse heavy. Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember the last time I actually used change to pay for things. No, no, unless you're at the seaside and you're on the slots. That's the, this week I've used a lot because I've been at the seaside. But otherwise, no, I agree with you. Like, when do you use cash these days, really? It's becoming less and less of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I was talking to somebody at my other job about this this morning because she was saying that there's panhandlers on her street. Right, yeah. And I was just thinking, how hard must it be to be a panhandler in 2017 where nobody carries cash? Yeah, you need, like, contactless uh machine so to, people can use their debit cards there's no you're right there's i've never got any change oh, on me shit. a panhandler with a square reader <laughs> that's the, that'll be the next thing that'll be the next thing yeah save up all your pennies to buy one and then you've oh you could just get a shitty old iphone for like 50 bucks and then a square you know that's true yeah you can yeah you can do it on your iphone now can't you yeah, yeah. And somebody could just donate the square reader to you and you could just sit like cash or square reader boom i was in a photo booth yesterday that even had contactless and i was like this is the future like money really is going to stop being a thing by the time my children are adults i really think that i love uh i'm, I'm assuming by contactless you mean like where you tap your phone to it right yeah or your card yeah 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 uh and uh, yeah i love nfc like i use it all the time at my other job i just have my card loaded on my phone and then i'll just tap my phone to the vending machine and it'll spit out a soda yeah people even you can use it on the underground now so i was on the underground last week and uh and people were doing it on their phones and i was like this is the future i'm living in the future it's like the jetsons <laughs> <laughs> yeah um at this point jeremy points out you know sarah's a 29 year old solicitor she's capable of making her own decisions and she has a great ass and <laughs> Yeah, Mark does Mark... not take that one, does he? No, no, he does not want to hear about Sarah's ass because he knows what Jeremy does with the electric toothbrush <laughs> and the bum stuff. I was upset to find that I'm now older than Sarah was. That made me feel really old. 
Oh, that you're now older than she is? Yeah, so, because obviously when I first watched this, she was like a proper grown-up and I was a teenager, so oh, it was like, and, yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, imagine being 29, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm actually nearly three years older than that, I feel... I feel so decrepit. That's what I felt hearing that. It's I I feel that way constantly, you know. Mm. She seems to have a shit much more. Even with the divorce, she seems much more of an adult than I feel. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Was yeah, that's what a grown up should look like. She's got a proper career. She's got a haircut. I'm not rocking those things properly. I don't feel. No, it's like watching the Olympics and you see some of these gymnasts that are like 14 years old, 15 years old, and they're. Yeah representing their country and winning gold medals and you're like i'm never gonna achieve anything like this in my entire no, life like, I, I don't know if you get simon amster over there who's a comedian but there was a bit of his stand-up and this was probably like 10 years ago now where he said how can a functioning adult have been born in the mid 90s but now it's like how can a functioning adult have been born in the year <laughs> 2000 like there's there was someone on master jeff who was born in like 2001 i thought i don't want to see this this is just depressing me <laughs> Um, oh man. Uh, so Jeremy tells Mark that his shag with Sarah wasn't just a shag. And as soon as he met her, he had these strong, uncontrollable feelings. And Mark just looks completely disgusted. And he's like, you'll say anything, won't you? You'll just say anything. But why are they still friends with each other? Because this really sort of underlines that Mark just is in complete contempt of Jeremy, I think. I, I've wondered that same thing. Uh, why are they still friends? Because... If I had a friend who was being this skeezy about my sister, I would probably just be booting him to the curb. Yeah, I mean, I know they live together, so it's hard to get rid of him, but you do think, God, that's shaking him Oh, off. I know. Um, <laughs> Jeremy thinks he's in love with Sarah, and Mark can't blame Jeremy for falling in love with her, but he doesn't believe that he actually has, and Jeremy is just like, oh, what? What do I need to prove my love? Do I need to get her a stuffed animal the size of Digby, the largest dog in the world? <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh a lot. Um, the yeah, the idea of a puppy the size of, of Digby, the biggest dog in the world, was a visual image that made me laugh. Well, I always thought this was a reference to Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. No, it was a film. Yeah, I know what from... you mean from Mitchell and Webb, but it was a it was a film. Um, oh, it was it was British thinking about it, so maybe. You didn't get it over there. It was a, I don't know, it's it was before I was born, but I wouldn't like to say how far before. I think it was in colour, so it was probably like the 60s or the 70s. And it's a children's book. I think he's a sheepdog. And he, yep. Old. It, yeah, he, he ends up drinking something that makes him really big. Yeah. And they're going to put him in the circus. But I, I don't, I just know he was a big dog. I don't remember the ins and outs. Spike Milligan did it. <laughs> I'm just looking at this movie on Wikipedia right now and it, Digby looks awesome. But yeah, um, like I said, I always just thought this was a reference to Mitchell and Webb look, so I didn't realize that Digby was an actual... Or maybe actual go and watch movie. the film now, because as I recall, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I will definitely do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to be doing with the rest of your Sundays, oh, watching Jesus. Digby, the biggest dog in the world. And later that day at Apollo House, Mark is surfing through internet porn, the funny thing about this is you and I had the exact same observation, which really cracked me up, is that who pays for porn these days? Because Mark is, Mark is saying, it's not a big deal if you don't pay for it. It's not a big deal if you don't pay for it. And I'm just like... Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this. And I guess at this point, even YouTube wasn't a thing, let alone any kind of like streaming of pornography. So I guess this was a time like... Because I, 
think I've mentioned this before, I worked for an adult magazine, not doing anything salacious. I was like, I used to edit the letters, but that was a whole magazine that people bought because it was pornographic. That, wouldn't, that doesn't happen anymore. That, that magazine's folded. Like, no one nope. is paying for porn anymore, but Mark is, Mark is pleased with himself because he's found free pornography. Yeah. yeah. I seem to recall probably around the same time period, I also had a site that had free movies on it, but the movies were like 30 second clips. And so you would download like four or five of them and you would get like a semi-functional porno film. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, it was all DVDs because this magazine that I worked for had like a melder situation and it was popular. People bought DVDs and... I, as the minion in the back, used to label them up and post them out, and people were paying good money for this. Like, that is a business model that is dead now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't... It's really strange. I don't know how the porn industry is actually still around. Well, have you, uh, by any chance, been listening to the John Ronson podcast that is, is partly talking about this? It's called The Butterfly Effect, and it's talking about how... I don't know if you know John Ronson. He's a he's a journalist over here. He's a very funny journalist for The Guardian, but he's doing this um, podcast in association with Audible, and it's not out till November, but if you're an Audible subscriber, you can get it now, which I am. And part of what they're talking about is how there's so much... Um, there's so much exploitation in... I mean, there's always been exploitation in pornography, but in terms of paying people now, they're being even more exploited than they were because there's just no money in porn at this point. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's worth a listen. It's good. On this podcast, they were talking to a director who said it's pretty disheartening to film something and know that within like a month, the whole thing in its entirety is going to be up on a web on a website that you've got no control over whatsoever. It just surprises me because YouTube is, you know, movie companies are so good at being able to crack down on, you know, people uploading movies onto YouTube. I, I don't understand why, you know, uh, like. Brazzers or whatever the big porn companies are can't just contact these porno sites and are like, hey, you know, this is copyright material. This needs to go down. This needs to come down. This needs Maybe to come down. Maybe because it's a murkier part of the internet or the film industry. Maybe it's harder to, you know, there are still, I think, there's still a lot of people working in porn who don't even use their real names and stuff. Maybe it is harder to get people to complain in the way that they would yeah. in a normal film. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Mark is upset that he's been surfing internet porn for four hours looking for something to puncture the thickness, <laughs> uh, the thickening shield of numbness. And yeah, that's a that's some dedication to the cause, but it is that's a long time to be looking at porn. But you know, Mark strikes me as not a quitter, so do you think he still had dial up in this era? Because we are talking about 2005, um, certainly. We still had dial-up in this era, so potentially yes. Yeah. So actually, yeah, I, I did know I knew a couple of people that had broadband, but they were more forward-thinking. So I don't think it would be out of the realms of possibility that he still had dial-up. Yeah. Uh, we hear a, a doorbell ring, and Mark just starts, "One minute, one minute!" <laughs> like as he's closing out all the windows and everything, and he goes to the door and opens the door, and who should be standing there but Big Sue's herself. And she is looking for Jess because she wants to practice her lines with him. Yeah, and Mark, uh, Mark just kind of totally throws Jeremy under the bus here, and he's like, "Oh, Jeremy's out actually with my sister, who he dating." <laughs> yeah, that was a bit much, wasn't it? That was a bit. Uh, but I suppose he's crossed with him. Um, fair enough, I guess. 
this whole episode is is littered with them just being so like arguing with each other so pettily about everything yeah being really horrible to each other like really unpleasant and yeah like you say he just totally throws them under the bus without a moment's thought nope and they do it to each other back and forth this entire show yeah but so yeah she wants to run her lines because she is in a stage version of crash uh which i assume is a joke because i don't think that would work very well on the stage yeah uh, she says it's a movie, or it's a film about people who get off on car accidents. I don't know. Have you ever seen Crash? Yeah, have you not seen it? It's, um, no. It is about, I think it's like, it's like about cars, but there's, it's about racial tension in, I want to say, Los Angeles. Oh, maybe? yeah. Actually, I think it's... Sandra Bullock's in it. Yeah, I think it's actually in, um, yeah, in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. And Brendan Fraser is also in it. I don't remember loads about it, but Suze boils it down to that people get sexy when they <laughs> see car accidents. Think it's think, think it's on a bigger bigger scale than that. I don't think that's. <laughs> I think she's boiled it down to its absolute minimum you can say about it. But she's in the stage version yeah. of it. In my I, head, it's a musical. Yeah, that would be well. amazing. Yeah, just a musical of you know. Yeah. <laughs> Crash. Oh. <laughs> um. So. Mark is thinking about how beautiful she is, which is true. Whenever she's on stage on on the screen, you do think about how beautiful she is. That is her overriding characteristic. And then he, but then he says that she's kind of stupid. Doesn't he say that how she's beautiful? How did Jez ever get with her or something? And then he says, I guess she's just a bit stupid, which is yeah, which is maybe not completely unfair. She does seem a little bit of an airhead. Yeah, uh, she asked Mark what he's doing, and he's just saying internet research, and she's like right looking at nudie lady research and he's like oh my god she's not stupid at all she's incredibly perceptive yeah um and oh then uh she says oh yeah you've written this in your notes she says don't worry i went to a safety and you've made the same observation as me have they ever even been in the same room together you're right i don't i don't know that they have the only thing that i could think of is that you know maybe it's it's like uh you know, if you tell your friend, like, oh, don't worry, I, you know, it would be like me being like, oh, don't worry, I won't tell Phil, like. Yeah, yeah, I'd maybe never... it's just that she knows he's with Sophie and she's just being yeah. playful. Yeah, that's the only thing that I could think of, because that was a weird line otherwise. Yeah. Um, Mark says that he's going to a Hawksmoor church, and surprise, surprise, Big Suze is related to the Hawksmoors about a million times removed. Yeah, that made me laugh a lot, um, and the idea of Mark as being a bit of rough is really funny as well. Yeah. I, Mark Corrigan, who was privately educated until Dad's British Aerospace <laughs> shares went kaput. I think this is the first time as well that in the show that it's ever referenced that he went to private school until his dad's shares went kaput. Because I know on the series one extras, he talks about it in that because he does like a oh, video yeah. CV. But I think this is the I think this is the first time he ever actually says in the show proper that he went to private school, but then had to leave. Yeah, you are right. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big Sue's, uh, Mark then just is kind of awkward and he's like, uh, you know, maybe if you, uh, I don't know, possibly. And she's just like, oh, I'd love to go to the church with you. And he's like, oh, well, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He he didn't have to put any effort there whatsoever. That's not at all. Not at all. No, we don't, we don't see them on their day trip to the church, but we do then see them talking about it afterwards 
on the Dance Revolution map in an arcade for some reason. Uh, dan- yeah, no, playing Dance Dance Revolution, which is a very strange game for Mark to to play. Yeah, not not what I would have associated Mark with, but they're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're being playful with each other, and Mark's being playful, and she's being nice, which he's taking to mean her flirting with him. Yeah, they're actually playing to Cotton Eye Joe by the rednecks oh yes yeah they are they are you're right and i actually and i actually looked up which version of dance dance revolution this is because i'm just crazy like that and it is called ddr max 2 and yeah because there was like eight thousand versions of dance dance revolution that have come out in the last i don't know 20 years i've never been on a, on a dance map oh it's uh it's not very fun uh at least for me because i don't have any rhythm no, it doesn't look fun. That's that's why I've always avoided it. Like, I just always thought, well, I'd suck at that. So, but Mark's holding his own. He doesn't look like he's completely sucking at it. Well, they're also playing on beginner level. <laughs> oh, okay. Are they right? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You can just tell by the amount of arrows that are appearing on the screen. Right. Just, yeah. they're, they're playing on very beginner level. I'd need it at, like, super beginner level, I think. Mark is trying to figure out how to turn the conversation back to ecclesiastic ecclesiastical yep. architecture and he's like i'm hawksmore you're a wren which he probably should have reversed that you're hawksmore and i'm a wren or you're hawksmore and i'm wren because she actually did say she was related to him so yeah yeah you're right actually but that um you said you had to look up hawksmore you weren't aware of who he was nope, nope. As I, I just I, I did it at school i did it in history i suppose it makes sense you wouldn't know i just assumed it was like universal knowledge I'd be interested to know if everyone else got that joke because maybe I just went to a weird school where my teacher really loved church architecture. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it's amazing. To, you know, it's just, it's really amazing to me because, you know, America, we don't really have, uh, you know, we're a relatively new country, whereas, you know, you guys having a building built in 1680 is nothing, but, you know, we don't really have... It's, that's, that's really nothing. Like... In my borough, there is a building that was built in, like, the 8th century that I could walk to from my house. Like, that's modern here. So, yeah, it's weird. that That's weird to you. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, Mark is just like, oh, my God, I've fallen in love with Big Sue's. I am a total fucking <laughs> yeah. dope. This is the moment on the dance mat that he fell in love with her. Yeah, and I can't blame him. I mean, she is a very good decent person so i don't it doesn't shock me that he's fallen in love with her no no i'm not sure that he's really in love with her though i think he's just desperate to i don't know he's so desperate for approval and she's so pretty yeah it's probably more he's in love with the concept of her exactly and also i've written in my notes i can't remember where i wrote it but somewhere i've written you would have thought their friendship would have been more obvious like been more sustained as it goes on because this is the only time we ever see that closeness between mark and big suits It, it never happens again yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, that is a good point. You don't really ever see Mark and Big Sue's interact again. No, it's not It's not a love that lasts. Let's face it. <laughs> the next day, back at Apollo House, Mark is... He's just being completely different uh, in this scene. He's making a smoothie, and, uh, you know, he's chuckling about how he's, you know, makes... He's going over the five... Rec- Daily recommended intakes of fruits and veggies while simultaneously cutting Jeremy's fruits and vegetable intake. And he still believes that Jeremy still believes that potatoes are a fruit. The asshole. Yeah, this did make me laugh because I've got two best friends and statistics are always about 
one in three people and he says here that that Jez is going to get cancer or he's not going to get cancer and Jez is not that he wants Jez to get cancer but obviously one of them are going to and I always think when it's one in three I think well that'll be one of the three of us then dead <laughs> that'll be one of the three of us then having a miscarriage <laughs> that'll be one of the three of us then like getting run over by a bus like I always think of things in those terms so <laughs> I, ad- I identified with Mark here it's kind of uh that's kind of dark <laughs> it is dark isn't it I was thinking that I was thinking as I realized that's what I thought damn that's morbid maybe I shouldn't be admitting this on a podcast but that is how my mind works yeah, yeah it's fine I mean you think about you know, every time you think about things that are like one in ten, you're like, "Oh, well, that won't be me." And then you look around at your coworkers, and you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That'll be Regina over there. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's got, it's got to be one of us, but it won't be me. Yeah, not gonna be fucking me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeremy just kind of walks back into the kitchen, and he's wearing a suit, and he just sort of like plops down on the chair, and uh, Mark is just like, "Oh, how is how did your job go today?" And Jeremy's just like. My job is a lot like the movie The Killing Fields. <laughs> yeah, it's another one-day job that Jez can't handle. I know. And uh, then, but Jeremy has a little more, his attention is focused a little more elsewhere because he is like, oh, what's Big Sue's doing here? Yeah, and she's using um, Mark's computer to email her agent, which again shows you how old this is because she obviously either doesn't have a computer herself or doesn't have access to be able to email him. Oh, Christ, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and she's using a computer in a different room, and, like, yeah, it just ages this horrible. I know, in in the 2017 episode of Peep Show, Big Suze would just be chilling out, or out, chilling out at her apartment using her iPhone to... Exactly, exactly. She wouldn't email. be messing around with Mark's computer that's probably got dial-up on it. <laughs> and a sticky keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, as Mark drinks his smoothie, he hears a phrase that we only hear Mark utter once in the entire series, and he goes, Mmm, that is tickety-boo. <laughs> and Jeremy just looks at Mark just really strangely. <laughs> yeah, and it comes out that this is like a family saying for Mark's family. They all say it. Has your family got a weird expression they use? I was curious to know. No, no, we really don't. I'm sure my extended family up north has one, but... I don't, unfortunately, don't get to see my family. Uh, anyways, so Jeremy looks suspicious of Mark, and Big Suze tells Jeremy that... Uh, Big Suze had told Jeremy that her and Mark had been out. Mark just says they went to a British museum and then to an IMAX to watch a 3D film about the Rolling Stones. And then he just sort of casually offers Jeremy a block of fudge. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny that they'd gone to, as well as the Hawksmoor, or if it's a different day, they'd gone to the British Museum and then to the IMAX, which are two quite different things. And I imagine that uh, Mark chose the British Museum and she chose the 3D film about the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I think they compromised on what they wanted to do that day. Uh, Jeremy just has this line where he's just like, oh my god, you are in love with her. And Mark is just like, no, no, I'm not in love with her. And then Jeremy's just like, thanks for telling Sarah that I'm lo- in love with her. And um, Mark is like, well, you know, contrary to all beliefs, if two people are doing it, then they should be shouting their love to each other yeah. from the top of the and rafters. Jeremy just looks really unhappy, but he can't really say anything because he started the whole love thing. So I know. Uh, Big Suze is like, oh, Mark, I'm sorry, I deleted your email book. And Mark is just like, yeah, okay, whatever, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, I've got paper copy. And he's like, you nearly crucified me the day I changed your home page. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you knew, yeah, you crucify me when I change your homepage, and then, um, 
March is just like, oh, you know, why do you even care? Because you're with Sarah. And Jez is like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. I'm just interested. And sometimes being interested makes people angry. Yeah. And then Jerry says something like, you've got no business being in love with her. Enough people are already in love with her. She's full, which is a very funny line. Uh, what line? I'm sorry. I got uh, my phone vibrated. Which line? Um, Jez says, you've got no business. Something like, you've got no business being in love with her. She's got enough people that are in love with her. She's oh, yeah. already full. She's... Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, she's already full. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people in yeah, love with her, room. and she's full. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this next scene is a very iconic. I think, at least, I don't know the jogging scene. I feel that's a very iconic scene, don't you? Yeah, it's a clip that's often used when talking about Peep Show. I think I post this clip every January first when I'm talking about my New Year's <laughs> resolutions. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I really enjoy how Mark is talking about the healthy life for like six seconds and then runs for about seven seconds. But I completely identify because I'm nearly 32 and I've not found my sport yet. And I feel I'm going to find it one day, I'm sure. But I really like that Mark thinks he's found his sport for 10 seconds and then it's over. Yeah, I could see Mark being like, oh my God, I'm a runner. I'm going to be in the Olympics now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I feel the same for about six seconds when I'm running, but then it goes away pretty swiftly. Yeah, uh, let's go ahead and play the scene and we'll... Oh yes, the healthy life. Haven't surfed for filth for days, and I've almost forgotten the images that are seared into my brain forever. Ooh. Oh, sorry, not getting much sleep. They found asbestos in my airing cupboard, so I'm on a camp bed in the hall. Well, if it all gets too much for you, you can always crash at my place. Oh, well, thank you. So, ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Ready to watch your lovely bottom before I have a heart attack. Hey! Wow, I'm actually good at this! Maybe I'm a natural! Yeah, I'm a jogger! Of course, there had to be a sport for me. I just never realised. I'm a natural jogger. Feel the legs like two great steam locomotives pumping away. I'm cram, I'm a vet, I'm unstoppable. I'm... Jesus, is that a stitch? I... Fuck, I think I'm gonna be sick. I've gotta slow. I need to walk. Oh, I think I'm gonna puke. I'm literally gonna die. What an idiotic boob I was back 10 or 11 seconds ago. I'm like a steam locomotive. I just, yeah, I just love this scene. Uh, she's so, and I like as well how like she's got proper running gear on and she's all like perky and like even though she's running, she's really done up and he's just wearing like the most gross grey old man polo top and looks like he fell out of a bin. He hasn't even got any sports clothes to wear. I mean, neither have I. I don't know what I would go running in, no, but I'm like Mark rather than like uh, Big Sue's, but they're just a contrast between them. It's very funny. Yeah. Also in this scene, as you heard, you know, Big Sue's mentions that they found asbestos in her airing cupboard and she needs a place to stay. And so Mark volunteers for her, you know, volunteers his place for her to stay. Yeah, which is very um, kind of him, but obviously he's got ulterior motives. Does he? I don't think so. <laughs> well the next we see of them anyway is that they are in she's coming out of the bathroom it's bedtime and he's got a bed on the floor and good fucking god she looks so oh my god she's so hot in this scene yeah she looks she's lovely she's got her hair's all down she's wearing a nightie she's even though it's bedtime she's not got you know she she looks like she's still got full face of makeup on which she probably has she does, as you say, look absolutely beautiful, and he is oh. obviously entranced oh. by her beauty. Um, 
and then she says it's silly for you to sleep on the floor because there's lots of room in the bed and he um he's sort of nervous about it yeah um the funny thing is this scene like really resonates with me because when i was in the military this was when i was 20 i think 1920 i was probably 20 almost 21 there was this girl that i was so in love with and i thought she was just perfect and i just wanted to be with her and you know like i would i would do anything to just spend time with her and she watched the exorcist and was really scared and she asked me to spend the night in her room so i agreed with the expectation that i was going to be right. sleeping in the same bed as her and that was not what happened i ended up <laughs> sleeping on her floor and then she woke me up at 5 a.m to kick me out so i could leave her room without anybody seeing me leaving her room so that people oh. would think we were like banging you know that is cold that is really cold yeah yeah, but I was pretty much her modern-day eunuch here. <laughs> <laughs> that is, um, I've got a friend who will remain nameless, but he had an experience where a woman asked him back to her place and then was like, oh, let's take this to the bedroom, and then just went to sleep. And uh, that's, that's guarding <laughs> for life. That's, uh, that's a story that he often recounts in, like, and this is why I was so hopeless with women before he met the woman who's now his wife. But So it's clearly a common story, but um, I've never done it to anyone, so... I'm in the clear, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Mark here is very nervous about getting into bed with her. Um, but she completely cuts off any kind of thought, doesn't she? That there's anything sexual yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. She calls Mark both a big cuddly grouch ball and a modern day eunuch, both of which are not very flattering descriptors. No, and and likens him to Fuzzy Bear as well, which is the other way. But like you say, these are not these are not sexy characters. No, not sexy characters at all. And No, no. Um, uh, and uh, Mark then thinks that he will wait for her to go to sleep and then he'll stroke her hair, which is the, probably the saddest line in all of Peep Show when uh, that's how he's going to get his kicks now. Oh, I know. And he's just like, all the hair touching I can get. <laughs> but her hair is lovely, so I can see why you'd want to. It looks like it smells strawberries. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think if I was touching my wife's hair when she was asleep that... You know, she would feel it and be like, "The fuck are you doing?" Yeah, I can't see Why? anyone touch touch my hair when it's when I'm asleep. It's it's I've not got the beautiful rich hair of uh, of Sue's. My hair's been bleached to buggery and been every color under the sun. Whereas Sue's has got like healthy. Oh. beautiful hair so i think it's i think it's a wholesome love that's why he wants to do it oh i remember the other comment that i wanted to make uh there's a there's a comment that mark makes where he's like she probably has a title and is just too embarrassed to mention it oh yes when they're on the dance map yeah did you think that that was ironic considering that she did end up marrying royalty yeah i did write in my notes but i forgot to say that that's funny now she actually is a lady so there you go yeah yeah, Maybe they saw uh, her in this and thought, she's like, so posh. She's got to marry one of the royal family. We'll find a minor one. Lady Big Sue's and Lord Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while all this is going on, in Jeremy's room, Jeremy's got the sex mix going, and him and Sarah are just going at it. Yeah, he's, his heart's not in it, though, is it? This happens a few times when Jeremy's having sex and he's thinking, and you can see that he's not really... He's thinking other things. Yeah, he's thinking of... You know, about Mark being in love with Big Sue's and how, you know, it's not fair for Mark to be in love with Big Sue's. And all of a sudden he just is like, oh my God, she she smells like Mark. She must <laughs> use the same talcum powder. Like, who still uses talcum powder? <laughs> yeah, that's um, 
that's really funny and but then it, I thought it was probably unrealistic they would smell like because they don't live in the same house but you do know that kind of like family members smelling the same different people's houses smelling different to each other like so yeah. that is it, it probably is not very realistic in this case but it made me laugh because you can imagine it yeah um Jeremy is like he requests for her to slip a finger up his bum and she just looks completely disgusted much like Mark yeah, does Anytime. She's not into that. She's, she's not nope. a sexually liberated woman, is she? Nope, nope. But then she has to go and ruin it by just saying, now that is tickety-boo. And... <laughs> that is not a phrase you would utter during sex either. That is such an unsexy phrase that even if that was your family's choice of weird phrase, you wouldn't say it then. I'll have to remember this line next time on JLB Survivors. It's like, post a quote that you could say during sex, and then I'll just post this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Jeremy comes to the realization that he is having sex with Mark. Yeah. I've basically got my penis inside of Mark. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> and, yeah, I feel bad for Jeremy in this scene. Yeah, it's, it's gross. You completely, like, you come to the realization with him of how disgusting it is. Yeah. Uh, I had a same realization when I hooked up with my friend's sister. I was like, ooh, I don't like this, and this is never going to happen again. <laughs> so. it's, I think it's... I think it is weird, like you say, about if you've got siblings that are of different genders, obviously, because I've only got a sister. But um, when I think about it, like, my husband's got a sister, and they look the same. Like, they really do look the same. She's just got longer hair and wears makeup. I bet if you stripped them down to their, like, essential features, they would look the same. And, yeah, that's a bit icky for if you were the friend of one of them having sex with the other probably it's sometime later the next day and Mark is cooking dinner in the kitchen and Jeremy's just like, oh, so we're going to do this, eh? Dinner for the four of us. You, me, Big Sue's and Sarah, you are such a bastard. <laughs> and this is Mark at his absolutely best passive aggressive. I love him in this scene. He's just pure evil. Yeah. And uh, he's like, steady on my mushroom stroganoff isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. He just is completely not having it he's not he's not entering into this conversation with jeremy he's just playing it straight yeah and uh so then jeremy is just like hey uh i already told sarah that you probably wouldn't but you know i just wanted to to ask uh you know maybe if Sarah needed a place to stay for a few months. Could she stay here? And, you know, I told her you probably wouldn't because of, um, you know, space. And Mark is just like, oh, oh that's fine. Well, we'll make it work. Yeah. In the most passive-aggressive way possible. Yeah. And he's playing so, exactly like you said, he's just being so passive-aggressive in this scene. Um, and then Jeremy goes to tell Sarah um, in the other room that it's okay. And she's got loads of papers <laughs> in front of her. And she says that his oh, I think we've got a problem. Your national insurance uh, dealings might not be in order or something. And he's just like, oh my God, there's a mark in here and there's a mark out there. I'm surrounded. It did make me worry about my own national insurance dealings though and thought I should probably look into that. So it's <laughs> given me, it's made me think about that. So is this, uh, so you actually have to sign up for NHS? It's not just automatic? No. So your national insurance is like, it's a tax that you pay on anything you earn that kind of pays for all the like the nhs and and the state the state pension and child oh, benefit and stuff okay. but some, sometimes you can be on the wrong code and you can be paying too much and i haven't checked in a while that i'm not on the it's good because if you sometimes if you're on the wrong code you've been like emergency taxed for ages and then you suddenly get a massive lump sum and you're like oh brilliant they've been saving it for me but 
sometimes they don't notice and they owe you money. So <laughs> yeah, I'm going to check. All right. So later that night at Apollo House, we have Mark, Big Suze, and Jeremy eating dinner. Sarah is missing from the table. Yeah, um, and I fucking love this. Like Mark is just this version of Mark is brilliant. He's just being like a passive aggressive evil Svengali trying to make the conversation turn around to Jeremy becoming his brother-in-law like it's just horrible uh, yeah um <laughs> there's a uh was it Big Sue's asked Sarah where Sarah is and, and tells Jeremy that Mark she's like oh Mark said you're very much in love with Sarah and that must mean Sarah is amazing and <laughs> Mark just has this complete shit-eating grin on his face where he looks so smug, you just want to throat punch him. Yeah, and um, and Jez asks Suze how things are going with her and her guy, and she's like, yeah, that's over. No need to twist the knife about it. Yeah. Um, let, me, uh, <laughs> let me just go ahead and play this entire scene because, like you said, this scene is funny. This is probably the funniest scene in the entire episode. Yeah. So... What is it, especially, that you, you know, love about her? Oh, I couldn't possibly... Oh, come on. I mean, is she the one? Do you think it will last? No. I mean, I, you know, I hope it does, but um, nothing does, does it? So I'm just being realistic. He's bashful, but I see brother-in-law material there. So, um, Sue, how's everything with uh, your bloke? What's his name? Oh, well, we finished, actually, Jez, so no need to twist the knife, thanks. Oh, Sue, sorry, I, I had no idea. I, I'm here for you. Uh, Jeremy, I think your girlfriend's crying. Your sister, really? That, that was definitely sobbing, Jez. Mm, but she was taking a call from your dad, Mark, so maybe if it's family stuff, you should... Uh... Yeah, well, even if it is family stuff, frankly, I don't want to know about all the infidelities and heartache and, you know, if Uncle Lance was touched up by the vicar and that's why he's such a tit at Christmas, well, I'm sorry, but I just don't want to hear about it. She does sound very upset. All right, yeah, fine. I'll go and talk to her. It'll be good to hear about everything. <laughs> uh, this scene is great with just their passive-aggressive sniping at each other the entire time. Yeah, it's brilliant, and... Um... And uh, and Mark really excels at it. Clearly, passive aggressive is his best thing that he's good at because he's just so good at it. Yeah. Um, do you think this episode would just have been shorter slash better if Jeremy had just admitted to Mark that he was just into Sarah because they were banging? Yeah, I don't really know why he doesn't because it's not like Jeremy's got a reputation as a great guy to maintain, is it? It's a bit weird that he doesn't, but... I suppose maybe he's as he's being as passive aggressive as Mark is in a way. Like he doesn't want to admit to just being a bongo playing fool. He wants he wants to he wants to get one over on Mark. Yeah, it seems to me to be that way as well. That he just wants to get one over on Mark. But honestly, it just it frustrated me when I was doing this deep dive back into this episode, where I was just like, Mark, why are you being this way? you know he is just using her for sex. Yeah. Like, just deal with it, man. Fuck. I guess it's that English thing of that Mark can't say it out loud. Like, he has to... He can't just say... He, Mark just can't just say things. He, otherwise, the world would fall to pieces. 
Yeah, I guess that's maybe my American way of looking at it versus your British way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely know people and close to people who I completely like my mum, definitely. I mean, it's it's one of her good qualities in a way because she's quite stoic, but my mum would my mum would rather have her arm chopped off than actually say that's uncomfortable or I'm not comfortable with this or whatever. Like it's a it's a very British trait, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, as Jeremy goes into the bedroom to comfort Sarah, he gets excellent, amazing, like fantastic news, doesn't he? Yes. Um, she's crying and she, he's sort of like, oh, great. We're going to have to talk about this. This is another hour of my life. I'm not going to get back. And she says <laughs> that, um, her and Simon are going to give it another go. Um, they're going to go to Cafe Rouge for a steak and a summit. <laughs> Which I thought was a very convert, funny, uh, uh, way to describe it. Also, for some reason, I thought Jeremy said, this is another era of my life that I'm not going to get back. I totally missed that he oh, said no, hour. It's hour. He says hour. He also, as he walks into the room, he refers to her, I think, as love bumps, which yeah. I thought was brilliant, and I might start calling my husband that. That's a great nickname. Uh, I don't know if I could get away. I already have a little funny nickname for my wife. But I don't know if I could get away with all of a sudden changing it one day. Yeah, I mean, I think if I suddenly switch from calling him Dickhead to Love Bumps, but he might be <laughs> confused. But I might try it. I'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, report back to us next week during <laughs> jurying. Yeah. Um, so she goes and Jeremy's enjoying the chance to act like a brave soldier. He kind of says, that's okay. Adios amigo. And gives her like a hug, like he's being stoic. And as soon as she shuts the door, he starts dancing a little jig. Yeah, I love that. He's just like, ole, 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 ole. <laughs> yeah. um, I, really like, I really like that this is Jeremy's opportunity to, you know, like Mark's whole thing with Jeremy is chickens coming home to roost. And he's just like, yep, I don't have to deal with my responsibilities. I don't have to deal with breaking up with Sarah. Yeah, like, I can just get out of this clean as a whistle. And if the episode had ended at this point, great for, great for Jez. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic for Jez. Even good for Mark. Like Mark is in a good spot here as well. That's true. Actually. Yeah. Um, Mark comes into the corridor at this point and sees him dancing and asks what he's playing at. Yeah. He's like, what are you dancing a jig for? And Jeremy's just like, I just heard Jameer choir playing at Reading. I fucking love those guys. <laughs> Me too, Jeremy. Me too. <laughs> yeah. That, um, it's really funny. He'd be a bit, he'd be a bit out of place at Redden, as that is the festival for like seventeen-year-olds. But I like the idea that <laughs> Jez is still. I I would like to see a spin-off where Jez and Superhands go to Redden. That would be an episode I would watch. What was the big festival that Jeremy Corbyn was at a few months ago? That was Glastonbury. Yeah, Glastonbury. Yeah. I, did you see? Did you see Matt King posting the pictures of somebody had a giant flag that said "Men with Men"? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did see that. That was see Glastonbury's kind of like. The cool one, and it's so expensive that you can only go if you're of a certain age, but Reading is it's for the young ones. Gotcha. I went to Reading when I was 17 and 18, so and then by the time I was 19, I was too old for Reading. So that tells you everything you need to know. The idea of going to a, a full-day rock festival just makes me want to cry at this point. What, like, you couldn't do it? I, I couldn't do it. There's there's one here in Kansas that's called Rockfest, and it is the biggest in, in in the United States. It is the most attended one-day music festival in the United States. And it's insane, like, how many people go to this thing every year. And 
part of me is like, oh man, what great bands. Oh God, that'd be so fun to go to. And then I'm just like, oh yeah, but then I'd have to be outside for 12 hours listening to heavy metal and dealing with the elements. Like, no, thank you. Exactly. It's not like you've got to be, the only way you can get through those things is if you can drink, like sustain drinking the whole way through, like sustain a certain level of drunkenness (laughs) and and like you say, like be much more hard wearing about it. Like this is such a cool story. But me and my sister went to see Phil Collins a few a couple of months ago, and we it was like an old person's festival. It was a half a day festival, and my sister's twenty eight, and I'm thirty one. And we were saying, mate, can't do this like we used to. Like we need folding chairs. Can't be can't be standing up for this length of time. Can't be can't sustain the drunkenness in the way we used to. Like no, couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, that was, I went to, there's a festival here in the United States called Lollapalooza. And Lollapalooza was the last outdoor music festival that I went to. And that was 2005. So I was 24. And that was, I was like, okay, you know, it's, I've had a fun six years of outdoor music festivals. I'm done. Like, this yeah, is it. It's over. And you got you got, I don't know if it's the same over there, but like you got to sleep in a tent for a festival here. I'm too old to sleep in a tent. Like no time for that. I've never been to one that's on consecutive days, so. Yeah, that's there's a lot of you need a lot of. Oh, I'm for I'm that. sure there. We had a we had a two day music festival a couple years ago called Cans Roxas, and it was, um, it was the tent dwelling, the people sleeping in tents, and I was just like, oh my god, I couldn't do it. I fucking couldn't do it. No, I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> I look at the Gathering of Juggalos, which is like a five-day, six-day festival where they sleep in fucking tents and sleeping bags and recreational vehicles. And I'm just like, how do you do that for like six nights straight? Like, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely once you're over about 23. Yeah, too old for definitely that too old for that shit. Um, anyways... <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Jez tells Mark that Sarah has left the flat to get back together with Simon, and and Mark is just like, "Motherfucker, you love this, don't you? This has all worked out perfectly for you." And 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 Jez is just like, "Yeah, I mean, he's not even really trying to hide it, is he? Like, he's just sort of like shrugging his shoulders." Yeah. Like, yeah uh, Mark is just like, and then he just kind of comes back at. Uh, or Mark comes back at Jeremy and he's like, oh, come on, Jez, this is me you're talking to. There's no need to pretend. And Jez is just like, well, yeah. maybe it's time you stop pretending to be in love, uh, to not be in love with Big Sue's. And Mark just is like, what? What are you? Look, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. That's just a fact. A blind man could see that. I mean, I'm not going to do anything with her. I'm just kind of a blind eunuch looking at a painting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Jez kind of says, fair enough. And um- to Mark and thinks he's one, but Mark thinks like, oh, my carefully nurtured public image is, <laughs> is working for me. And Jeremy's just like, okay, and says he wants to crack yep. open the gym. And uh, it, it's funny because I also had a carefully nurtured public image that has uh, that has yep. helped me out from time to time. So that's always me. Yeah, I I went out I went out with one of those. He was like harmless on paper, but actually total bastard oh. and so whenever you said like oh he was a total bastard people would be like oh but he seems so nice <laughs> and it's like yeah so but i don't think mark's quite mark's not his public image and his private image are pretty yep. much the same thing i don't think anyone's going to be saying mark's total bastard yeah. anytime soon um 
Jeremy, yeah, he's like, oh, let's go ahead and crack open the gin, and then if we flash like a re like back just seconds later, and Jeremy is passed out drunk on the couch. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and he and Mark thinks brilliant due to his total lack of self control, he's drunk himself out of contention, <laughs> and uh, then uh, Mark decides to go and speak to Big Sue's and just completely throws. Jeremy yeah, Big Sue's is like, oh. He was really guzzling it down, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, Mark says he thinks he was just upset yeah, about Sarah. Yeah, and um, at this point, he can tell that, like, Big Suze is having her own little crisis, which... Yeah, I've written posh people. Yeah, I, I wrote here. the same thing. I think I wrote first world problems somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Did you remember um, this part? Because I will be honest, I completely <laughs> forgot that this was even a thing. Um, I think I did, yeah. I, I think, I mean, I didn't remember it in great detail, but yeah, I think I did remember yeah. it. Yeah, Big Suze has just found out that her sister fell off a moped in Zakynthos? Zakynthos, yes. Okay. And she might have to have a pin in her leg. But, um, <laughs> but worse, worse than, you know, having to have a pin in her leg, she's fine budget. And so it'll be a nightmare coming through airport security. And the only airline that really understands is British Airways. Yeah, that's so funny. I've never flown BA. I'm not fancy enough to have flown BA. So uh, that's uh, that's definitely a posh person problem right there. I've never flown BA. I'm not fancy enough to fly BA. So, um, but this is this is why Susie's in tears is because her sister is going to get hassled going through airport <laughs> yeah. security. Uh, it's just, it's funny to me because this is such first world problems and you know it's like people have serious issues in this show but Suze's is just oh her sister is gonna get hassled going through airport security <laughs> yeah she's you can see that Suze would be if you if you knew her intimately it'd be quite easy to hate big Suze because this is not it might be the first time that she has one of these problems but her problems are not real yeah. problems are <laughs> yeah, at no, all. not real problems yeah. at all and Mark is just kind of is like, yeah, oh, that's terrible. And he goes to, he goes to hug Big Sue's and they're hugging and Jeremy just kind of throws the door open and he's like, oh, this looks like a very sweet scene. What's going on here? Yeah, he's gone from absolutely passed out cold to up and ready for a fight. Rather coherent too. <laughs> yeah, very coherent from someone who's drunk a bottle of gin. Yeah, and uh... Sue's just kind of looks at Jez and she's like, oh, I was just telling Mark about Tor and her moped. Um, <laughs> this next bit is pretty funny, so I'm just going to go ahead and play this the confrontation between Mark and Jeremy here. Okay. Oh, this looks like a very sweet scene. What exactly is going on here? Hi, Jez. I was just telling Mark about Tor and her moped. You realise what he's doing in here, don't you? Jez. He bloody loves you. It's pathetic. I bet you've got a hard-on, haven't you? What? No, of course I haven't. She was telling me about... Well, stand up straight. Take your trousers off. No, don't be ridiculous. If you're innocent, you've got nothing to hide, have you? Come on, let's have a look. No! Let me feel it. It's hard, isn't it? No, and even if it was, it, it wouldn't prove love. It's just a human body. Oh, right. It's a human body. Suddenly you're admitting to having a human body. You're no bloody eunuch, that's for sure. I'm going to answer the door now, Mark, but I'm coming back for you. And your cock. <laughs> I, I'm coming back for you. <laughs> and your cock. 
I love the way as well that he's like, he thinks it's completely reasonable to just sort of inspect his trousers and he's like, take your trousers oh. off. Take your trousers off, and Mark's like, no, no. <laughs> even if I do um, have, even if I do have one, what's the, the I just have a human body. <laughs> yeah, well, you're admitting to having a human body now. Yeah. Um, but the the reason that Jess has had to go to answer the door is because Sarah is back and she is crying. Yeah, and Jeremy is just, God, damn it, really, oh. <laughs> yeah, he's just like the look on his face is everything. Yeah. Um, and she says that Simon didn't really want to get back together. He wasn't serious about getting back together because she looked at his phone and it had text messages on it. Yeah, and uh, r- some rather interesting text messages. Yeah, all hugs and bloody kisses, she says. Yeah, and uh, we get a flashback to Mark's bedroom and Big Sue's pretty much just point blank asks Mark if he has feelings for her and he's just like, this is it. Betray Sophie, destroy Jeremy. And Mark just says, honestly, Suze, I like you, sort of, but not even, even really that much. That much. <laughs> yeah, he says that she's horsey. Uh, you're the horsey type. Not that I've got a chip on my shoulder, but, you know, you're a throwback, a kind of Marie Antoinette figure. Then he goes into the semantics of let them eat cake, which is very <laughs> funny. That he feels the need to say it was a mistranslation. She never said that. And yeah. she just looks completely confused. And then he says, your big, stupid, posh head. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. And um, and she just looks sad, confused, totally, <laughs> totally bewildered by what he's just said. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame her because... It was on the JLB Survivors page that somebody mentioned the scene. I was like, I don't even remember this. And then I watched it and I was like, wow, Mark is being a real asshole here. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is this episode is quite forgettable, isn't it? So I don't yes. think I'd sort of forgotten this in terms of that. But yeah, I guess I had. I'd, I'd forgotten they were ever friends. I'd forgotten that Mark and Suze had an episode where they were friends, to be honest. Yeah. And... uh then it flashes back to Jeremy and Sarah and, and Sarah is just crying and Jeremy has no idea how to get her to stop. And she just, you know, she goes, Jeremy, we've got so much to talk about, but I want to use the bathroom first. And she just walks into the bathroom and then closes the door behind her. No sooner does Sarah walk in the bathroom, but then big Suze walks out of Mark's bedroom and she just looks at Jez and she's just like, uh, I need a drink. Would you like to get a drink with me? <laughs> Yeah, and Jez thinks about it for about five seconds and then says, uh, give a, he'll meet her in the pub, give me five minutes. And they, she then leaves and Mark appears and Jez asks Mark to break up with Sarah for him. Yeah, and and uh, Mark is like, no, I'm not going to let you, uh, I'm not going to let you go. You've got to face up to your responsibilities. And Jeremy does this little thing where he just like, pulls his arm through the hoodie sleeve and then he just pulls himself out of the hoodie and he's just yeah. like he literally wriggles out of his responsibilities here yeah. and um he says to mark to tell her that it's not her it's me i've got commitment issues and then just flees yeah mark wants to be honest and then he's and then jeremy says mark please do be nice about it though because i really do love her and then he leaves and then as if on cue sarah comes out of the bathroom and she's like where's where's jeremy and Mark is standing there holding Jeremy's hoodie. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I've got to be honest. He's thinking, I've got to be honest. I'm going to tell her he's fucked her and now he's chucked her, but he can't, he's he's not quite sure. He can't get the words together to tell her. Nope, and he just, he just looks at her and he says, 
uh, look, Jeremy's breaking up with you. Uh, it's not you. It's him. He has commitment issues. Yeah, and Sarah completely misreads Mark and thinks that he's really enjoying it. And she then just starts a barrage of, you're very controlling. I think you need to think about what this is. You're really enjoying this. And he's just like, I really don't. I, I don't enjoy this. But maybe if you just stop talking, everyone would stop dumping you. He just hits her with like a truth bomb. Yeah. And she just is like, oh, okay. And Mark just thinks, great. I dumped my sister. Maybe next I'll ring up my grad da- my granddad and tell him he's a boring twat. <laughs> yeah, which is a very good, funny line. And then it is the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, there, you said you hadn't watched the deleted scene. There is only one. Um, and it's I don't really know where it slots in, so I might as well say it could. It slots in somewhere, I think, towards the end of the episode. But it is Mark and Sarah arguing, um, so it kind of fits in well to talk about it here. Um, and Sarah's just saying that she thinks that Jez is, she likes Jez, like Mark saying more or less, I don't know what you're doing, like bothering with him. And she says, I like him. I think he's funny, sweet and clever. And Mark's just like, well, he's not clever. And um, <laughs> she, she's, um, she's just sort of like saying, no, he's a great guy. Like he's really like hearted. He's just what I need at the moment. And Mark just then says, um, look, I love Jeremy, but he's probably going to die in a ditch. He's hobo material. And Sarah's saying like, no, no, he's, he's nice. And then she then twists this around so that they have to talk about things. And she then says, she wants to talk about what went on at Grange Terrace. And Mark just says, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. And she says, look, you know, everything that went on, you know, that dad had a wandering eye and he had a string of, and Mark, and Mark cuts her off and just says, no, I don't want to know. And she says, you know what went on with Mum and Mike Wilson? They used to meet up after their pottery class. And that's where the deleted scene ends. Um, I didn't think it added much more to the, the sort of the taking the storyline along in the episode. But I did like it because I like the dynamic between Sarah and Mark and sort of hearing about what happened in their childhood. So I would have kept it in for that reason. But it doesn't propel anything forward. So... See, I almost would have rather they had kept that scene in and then maybe deleted the, I don't know. I think we could have had less of Susie's sister in Zakynthos. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, that didn't add anything, did it? I would have preferred to see Mark and Sarah going at, arguing at each other rather than hearing about Tori and Zakynthos. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, uh, I have watched the deleted scene. I just didn't really remember exactly what had happened. But yeah, I'm embarrassed. Um, uh, <laughs> we'll blame we'll blame the hurricane. Yeah, yeah. What did you What did you think of the episode in general? Uh, I just thought it was kind of a meh episode sandwiched between, you know, it, it's episode four. It, it's sandwiched between five just pretty good episodes, but in this season, so you know, you can't bad 100 so no no it's very i feel the same i think it's watchable because it's peep show and it's always watchable but it just like doesn't feel like there's much of a storyline to it or the storyline's weak and it's strung out further than it can is it's too thin it's spread too thin um there's some really funny lines in it but i just felt like it never got going um it's a really good introduction to sarah which i know you thought as well and you said in your notes she comes into her own later on yeah 
it's nice to see why Mark's as weird as he is. Um, and I really like seeing their dynamic, but I just feel like there wasn't enough for it to be a full episode. Yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, like like I said, I mean, 80% of the episodes, in, or well, I guess I'm bad at math, uh, but five-sixths of the episodes are really good. So you can't, mm. you know, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 watchable, but it's not one of the best episodes. Yeah, and once again, we are going to segue into our favorite segment of the show, which is Peep Show Culinary. Donnie, once again, thank you. I'm glad your back is feeling better. Good to hear. Good to hear he's feeling better. Yeah. Uh, for our main course, we'll be preparing mushroom stroganoff. Steady on. It's not that bad. It does... It's mushroom stroganoff for me. Just sounds like oh. Oh no, I really like mushroom stroganoff. I was about to say that's a that's a that's a good meal as far as I'm concerned. I'm not. Maybe it's just I'm not a mushroom fan. Oh okay, yeah, I love mushrooms, so I'd I'd be happy with that. The second week in a row with mushroom conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I don't I don't like rice, which is the traditional accompaniment to stroganoff. So I'll have some mash, please, with mine. All right. Um, alongside your main dish, you have a bit more freedom to choose what you like, but our goal is to get over the recommended five fruit and veg a day. <laughs> I can't remember if jacket potatoes count, so do your own research. Go ahead and knock knock out one of those fruit servings on a beverage with the orange juice Mark was having when he confronted Jez about sleeping with Sarah. Um, for dessert, we're going to have the block of fudge that Mark used to try and distract Jez from realizing that he's in love with Big Sue's. And afterwards, you need to drink enough gin to drink yourself out of contention. I can't think of anything stranger than just drinking gin until I passed out. <laughs> yeah, straight gin is no one's friend. Even gin and tonic is not, it doesn't taste very nice. Nope. Gin always makes you cry as well. They don't call it mother's <laughs> room for no reason. <laughs> um, well, we've got, uh, I guess this will be a good point to talk about how the show is going to be changing a little bit uh, coming through probably like September, October, I think. Yeah, probably like September, yeah. October, maybe early November. The show's going to be changing just a little bit. Um, we're still going to be covering Peep Show. We're still going to be putting out episodes every week. Um, as I'm sure most of the people that listen to the show are aware, Mitchell and Webb are starting a new series called Back. Uh, when did you say the first episode airs? September 6th, I think? Yes, Wednesday, September the 6th at, on Channel 4 at 10 o'clock. So what we're going to be doing, well, before we get into what we're going to be doing, Laura, can you talk a little bit about the plot or, you know, kind of the general overview of what Back is about? Yeah, so Back is a, um, it's written by Simon Blackwell, who was a, one of the um, producers, I think, at some point on Peep Show. Oh, yeah, he did, he did, he directed one of the episodes. He's been, um, certainly he's worked with Mitchell and Webb, um, for a long time and he also was involved in the in-betweeners i believe at some point um and it is about so mitchell and webb are starring in it um david mitchell is Stephen, who is he has a beard so he's definitely not mark um and robert webb is andrew and the storyline is i'm getting this totally from wikipedia but you can sort of tell from the advert that's been on channel four this week um steven who is david mitchell his dad dies and his dad is a pub landlord and local legend and he is going to take over the family business but his plans are interrupted when andrew who is played by um robert webb turns up and he is a former foster child who was briefly in the family like 30 years before 
and he returns to the family and is eager to renew his relationship with his brother. He keeps calling him his brother, who is <laughs> David Mitchell. And whilst Andrew quickly charms the rest of Stephen's family, including his mother and his sister and uncle, Stephen quickly begins to resent Andrew and views him as a glib and dangerous sociopath who is about to steal his family, his business and his life. That sounds awesome. I can't wait. It's It sounds like the characters are so different from from jeremy and mark so it won't yeah, be yeah yeah the advert looks great um and like you say they're completely they seem completely different like to to mark and jeremy so i think it's going to be like a break away from them from from those um roles yeah it looks great yeah, can't wait. yeah i'm really looking forward to it so basically kind of what our plan is and as with everything in life everything is subject to change but our plan right now is that we will watch two episodes yeah. and then on September 17th, instead of a peep show podcast, we're going to do a podcast about back where we're just going to kind of recap the first two episodes. Then we'll do two episodes of peep show, another episode about the next two episodes of back, two more episodes of peep show, and then an uh, episode about the last two episodes of the series. Yeah, we're assuming it's going to be six episodes. I can't find any information about that, but I'm guessing it will be. So, yeah. yeah. Even if it's not, even if it's longer than six, I mean, we're basically every three weeks, we're going to be doing a back cast. Yeah, we will, we'll, we'll work it out, like, when we've got a bit more information. But like you say, subject to change, this is what we're going to be doing. Yeah, and we're just very excited about a new Mitchell and Webb property. So, you know we're going to jump into it and fingers crossed uh, that it's going to be good, but I have, faith. yeah, I, I, yeah, I've got faith that it's going to be good. I think that, um, you know, even the worst Mitchell and Webb output has been good. And I think mm-hmm. this looks like it's got solid, a solid writer, a solid producer. And looks at it as well. And obviously Mitchell and Webb. So I, like you say, I've got faith. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, by the time this episode comes out, Robert, Robert Webb's book will be out. So if you have a chance to read it or even read parts of it, um, just tell us what you think. And he's going to be doing like an audio presentation of the book in five parts. Did you see that? Yeah. So he's going to be um, tomorrow morning here. Um, And by the time this comes out, it would have been already. (laughs) So Monday morning, by the time you hear this, it'll already be there on iPlayer. Uh, Robert Webb is going to be reading extracts from the book on Radio 4. So I think it starts on Monday morning, but come Monday morning, all the episodes are going to be on iPlayer. Um, So you can listen to them all in one go. And it'll be available on iPlayer, on the Radio 4 website, and obviously to listen to on Radio 4 as well. So my plan is to listen to the audio bits all in one go at the beginning of the week, and then the book comes out on tuesday and i've got it on pre-order so as soon as it's downloaded i'm gonna take a look at it and start reading it yeah i'm excited that's awesome yeah um also apologies for the length of the episode last week uh or for shrooming i guess we're gonna try in the future to not go over like two hours so yeah it's 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 so hard because there's so much to talk about but we're gonna self-censor and talk a bit less even though we are both talkers as we have as we have gleaned <laughs> earlier on in the episode <laughs> yeah so uh thank you for everybody that's listened to shrooming and um 
the main reason that went long was because my conversation with my buddy ended up going cons substantially longer than what we thought. Did you listen to that part of the show, by the way? I did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really interesting to hear from, like, you know, you take for granted as a Brit, uh, like, you know, all, all these British things. Are like, And it's, it's just so interesting to hear people who have don't have the cultural references, uh, yeah. what they think about these things. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be going on his show on Tuesday to talk about the Defenders, so I'm excited about that. Oh, nice, good. I'll, I'll make sure that you uh, you link to that on Twitter and stuff so everyone can definitely take a will. Listen. Yeah. All right, and with that, I think this is a good time to wrap up the this episode. We're going to be back next week with Jurying, which I watched Jurying yesterday and was like, yeah, definitely uptick from this episode. Yeah, agree with you. Um. Just before I go, I want to say that we have now reached over a thousand followers on Twitter. Um, so thank you to everyone who has done that and that we are like doing well every time I go on. We've got new followers. So just going to let that keep doing what it's doing. Thanks, everyone that's got involved on Twitter. Cheers. Yeah, it, I'm very thankful for everybody that's taken time to give us a follow. Yeah. So... Anyways, cool. with that, All this right, is then. the LD brother signing off. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey. I am in loco parentis. I am the last remaining contestant of the apprentice. I am the home trained dentist. Ay, 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 ay,